1: yo, oh. yo, yo, oh. Aubrey Edwards. Tony Shivani we bout to party, we bout to party, undistricted got the house now, we gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down, got that big space, pump and make them
0: bounce now, Bouncing like they bossing in the brick. Welcome to AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of all elite wrestling. We've got your hosts, Aubrey and Alex Eppelhentis here. Hello, hello. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing
2: fantastic. So excited to be here with you once again, and yes. super excited to talk to our guest.
0: Yes! Okay, I, am, I cannot tell you how pumped I am to have Mercedes Martinez, not only here today, but as part of the roster, because she has this storied career, and it's almost like she's just getting started. So, welcome, welcome. How are you doing?
1: Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm so excited. Very excited. <laughs>
0: I was looking at the notes this morning that Stacy put together, and she listed a bunch of the championships you've had at, like, Shine and Women Superstars Uncensored and World Extreme Wrestling, and there's, like, all these ones that, like, I knew of that weren't listed. I was like, oh, well, she did this, too, and then this, too, and then this, too. It's like, no, she's literally done, like, everything. Like, she's, when I think of badass women wrestlers, I think of Mercedes. It's kind of like you can't. Think of them separately almost. It's almost like synonymous. So, congratulations yeah. that you've already built that legacy. That's pretty dope.
1: Uh, thank you. Thank you. No, I take uh, uh, a lot of pride in when companies give me a title because they're giving me the box to run with and bring their their women's division to another level. And that's really what I take pride in, is just bringing women's division, women's wrestling, uh, just leveling up the playing field for women's uh, wrestling. And, and that's what I take pride in. Anytime a, a company gives me a belt, that's really what they're doing. They're saying, here, take the ball, bring this company to a different level, bring this division to a different level so everyone can see what we're all about. Yeah, I've had a lot of championships. I, I take them all. They have their own mementos in my brain. They have their own you know, category as to where they were. Uh, when I got them in my career. Uh, so I, I really do enjoy taking titles.
2: <laughs> well, can we talk about the title that you recently took? Because this is so exciting. And we're so proud and excited to have you as the interim Ring of Honor Women's Champion. Can you tell us how this kind of all came to be when you found out about it? And when you figured out that you were to be wrestling Willow for it?
1: I think it just it came out of nowhere to be honest. I, I think the Ring of Honor, and if anyone knows the, my history with Ring of Honor, um, I was with them for a short period of time back in two thousand six ish, and they didn't really have a women's division. It was kind of like you go in, you wrestle. We were the attraction match um, at that time. Women's wrestling wasn't as big as it is now, so it was kind of just finding your mode in every company that you can do. So it wasn't like there was a title or anything. We we're just wrestling just to be on this. Big company that was just getting started. It was getting its roots down. It was something big for a lot of female wrestlers to be a part of. Um, eventually we parted ways and I did my own thing and Ring of Honor kept growing, but still there wasn't this women's division. So for it to come back around in the last year and a half and, and really take its own and, and, and really do its women's division for me to be, you know, a, a champion. And even if it's an interim title, because I look at it as an interim title is kind of like a chance to kind of show your worth. Um, I know Deanna Perrazzo is the official champion for Ring of Honor, and for them to say, hey, interim title, maybe it's not a real title, but to me it is. It really is. It's kind of like a, a callback. It's the way I look at it. For them to say, "Hey, here's the chance to win a title." Yes, Diana wasn't available, but we still want to give you the chance to hold this title and level up this division. When there wasn't a division back when I uh, worked for Ring of Honor, is something that I take personal. It's something that hits to the core in my heart because I worked for them and. For a company that didn't have something, and now that they do, and for me to hold that title now in my career, it's something that I take really to the heart. It, it really, it really is. So I'm just hoping that I can do it justice. Not a young buck anymore per se, <laughs> <laughs> but I am someone who can level up the division with my experience and, and my expertise, and to really bring the girls and, and the females that want to be a part of this company, whether it's AEW, Ring of or whatever they decide to do with it. I really think that I can bring the ball and bring a lot of prestige and prosperity to this division that they probably haven't had yet throughout the whole years of Ring of Honor, especially when I was there. So it's something that I really take to heart. And I'm really, really proud of Tony and what his vision is for this company. And, you know, I want to be able to wrestle Deanna whenever that happens and become the official and undisputed women's champion. Because I really do think that working with Ring of Honor and AEW and crossing both rosters, that it's just going to level me up as well as level up women's wrestling in general.
0: Talk about wrestling Willow because she's kind of having like a, a bit of a build up right now. Like she had an awesome match with Velvet on Rampage and when I saw the card got announced I'm like, "Oh, this is going to be badass."
1: Oh, I love Willow. See, I met Willow a couple of years ago and in our our indies and stuff and i actually wrestled her back in 2018 for shimmer uh she was very excited very nervous she was still uh you know a baby as i like to say in, in her career but i think going into this ring of honor match she was really focused really determined uh, really came into her own anytime i wrestle anybody i always just let them know hey do what you need to do to shine like this is your chance to outshine me or we're going to really have that chemistry and we're really going to put on a great match. So Willow's one. Who's, if anyone's seen Willow, she's so out there. She's so bubbly. She's so energetic. I wish I had a quarter of what she has. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's like she smiles for days, man. <laughs> yeah. But she is one that I. she learned this business you know, from the ground up, she came in at a time where women's wrestling was just at its peak, and she's still leveling up her game, um, and doing it her way, the way that she feels comfortable doing it. No one's telling her, "Hey, be this, be that." She's being true her to herself, and I think that's what I love about Willow so much is that she really is just a bubbly person outside of the ring, and she brings that personality in the ring. And when you clash with someone like me, it's hard not to smile in the match when you're wrestling her. <laughs>
2: oh, that's so cool. And, and so we talked about Ring of Honor, but you're no stranger to AEW because initially you had wrestled at all out. You were the Joker in the Casino Battle Royale back in 2019. What was that like? And then what was, I guess, the catalyst for you to make the decision to go elsewhere before eventually coming back?
1: I think at that time in my career, it was take all opportunities that are given. I didn't know where my career was going to go back in 2019. Um, AEW gave me a chance to be the Joker. And I didn't know I was going to be the Joker at that time. I knew I was going in and I was going to, uh, you know, do the best that I can and, and just hopefully have a spot on this roster. I think after the, the Royale and stuff. I think we were talking, we we're talking, trying to figure out where I fit in this company. But then, you know, another opportunity came up and um, I held off as long as I could to try to figure out if I fit in AEW. And, you know, I've talked to Tony and, and, you know, we talked about it publicly and Tony talked about it publicly. It was she just didn't have a TV deal at that time. And I'm hitting near 20 years in my career it was what can I do for my family? What can I do to sustain my career and to keep longevity and, and to be stable, really, because you can only do the ND so much. You can only work so many jobs. And, and, and at that time, I was working two jobs full time, training plus traveling and doing whatever I can to support my family. AW gave me the opportunity, but they didn't give me what I needed at that time or what I wanted at that time. And they were still working out and ironing out their details. It just so happened that by the time, you know, and we can say WWE, by that time that company came, I really waited about four months before I signed that contract because I was waiting for AEW. I just didn't hear from them for about four months. So what do I do, you know, to bring stability and and bring my career to another level for TV was to sign with a company that I thought was going to help bring my wrestling to another level so it wasn't that i had to choose it was just who was willing to give me something that I needed at that time and man I think if I would have held out another two months maybe I would have been with AEW beginning of 2020 but at the same time they weren't ready they didn't have the contract the tv contract they didn't have the money they didn't have anything it just it didn't pan out and I think the universe was just telling me hey this is not your time to be part of AEW I really do believe that I think they needed me that the universe wanted me somewhere else for a moment and then we'll circle back but here I am, you know, like I said, things have a way of working out. Here I am back in AEW, happy as can be, no stress off my back, no pressure. I couldn't be any happier. I, I really truly believe that this is where I was meant to be early back in 2019 to 2020, but the cards weren't there at that time. But I am here now, so I'm gonna make the most of what Tony and AEW can provide for me, and I'm gonna do my best to elevate the women's division here.
0: So you did come back and we we're all very, very excited. I remember I think seeing you backstage, I was just like
1: yes, finally! Oh my god, yes, it's happening! <laughs>
0: New Year smash, uh, last show of 2021 at Daly's place. In the middle of, I think it was the semifinal match between Jade and Thunder Rosa. You're coming out in this like black hood and just fucking wail on Thunder Rosa with that, <laughs> with that walkie talkie. Take the hood off at the end, crowd goes nuts, freaking great. So so obviously, you know, it didn't work out before, but now it's working out. How do you think it changed this time around, you joining the roster
1: compared to last time? I believe the roster is genuinely about supporting each other. When I was there early on, it was just a lot of, not that the people were working on egg shows. I think there was just so many people coming in and out, coming in and out, in and out, that it wasn't a stable roster yet. Like I said, at that time, there wasn't a TV deal. It was still brand new. Um, the company as a whole, I'm not sure what it wanted to do. The roster was just, not that it was chaotic, but it really was. A lot of faces coming in, a lot of faces coming out. But now it's, it's stable. It's finding its niche. People are finding their home. People are really uh, there to support you and help you. That's really the biggest thing that I love about this locker room is, you know, I'm coming into the unknown. You know, it's not like I didn't watch AEW for, you know, the last two years. I have a lot of friends there. I have a lot of people that I admire and really look up to. So me coming back and making sure that I come back in a big way. Sorry, Thunder Rosa, for hitting you in the head, you know, with the walk of <laughs> But, you know, you got to do what you got to do to make sure that people know that you're there, right? <laughs> Just
2: doing your job. <laughs> yeah, you know, money
1: talks sometimes. Money talks sometimes. <laughs> now, did you
2: know Thunder Rosa going in?
1: Yeah, actually I did. So me and Rosa known each other for a long time, uh, you know, for the last probably five, six years, on and off, on and off, uh, mixing it in. But it wasn't until the last six months or so that we actually been married to each other. And I say that like literally, I think every company wanted me and Rosa to wrestle everywhere around the U.S. So we literally wrestled each other. We were so familiar with each other. And it just so happened that, you know, AEW said, let, let's bring you in. And it just had to be with Rosa. It had to be. I don't think I could have made any better debut against Rosa because, you know, sometimes when you're good friends, you can also be better enemies uh, just because you put your all into mm-hmm. it. And so I give Rosa a lot of credit and a lot of uh, respect just because she is putting in the work and and she worked hard for the last you know, seven years or so. And I'm coming in and I'm just, I'm not trying to take anybody's spot to a certain degree, but I am trying to keep my name relevant. I'm still trying to make sure that any storylines or anything that I'm in um, has a purpose. And it just so happens, Rose is on the top of her game. Why not come in and and blast the biggest name in the company right now and make an impact. That's literally what I had to do.
0: (laughs) I think those of us that work, closely with you see what you add to the roster what do you feel is the thing that you personally add to our existing roster
1: i think experience i've always been compared to a a role model or been compared to you know mama mercedes in the locker room and, and someone that everyone can come to if need be someone they can trust and just and just be very real I don't sugarcoat anything so anytime that I can come to any roster in any locker room I always want to make sure that the locker room understands that I'm here to help you I'm here to help you in any way whether it's personally professionally If you need help with your matches if you need a different take on stuff or I don't like to step on any toes but I'm here in the corner if you need me I'm here I think when it comes to wrestling related I think that I can bring a whole different genre of wrestling. I'm not, I'm a very rugged, thugged. Uh, I'm very gritty in the ring. I'm very just, I'm in my own zone when I'm in the ring. And I think anybody who gets in the ring with me is going to feel that sense of urgency and feel a different type of wrestling match that they're not used to getting. And it's only going to level up their game and bring them longevity. So I think my experience itself and in helping mow these young women wrestlers to another level of the game is really what I bring to the table. You know, I want to be on the top of my game and I can't be there unless these young girls get themselves there as well. It's a give and take, give and take, but I'm there as well personally. And a lot of the girls know me and they can talk to me and I can give them a real sense of, hey, this is how things are. This is the way it is. Women's wrestling on a whole now is a lot different than when I came in 20, 21 years ago. It's a whole different ball game now. And we have to stay on that high level of professionalism when we get in there. We're athletes. I, I want to say I want to keep up with them, but in the sense they have to keep up with me nowadays.
0: <laughs> wow. Damn. It's throwing down. I love it. You're talking to Alex Aubrey and Mercedes Martinez here on AEW Unrestricted. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about Mercedes and how she got into wrestling and all that fun background that brought her here.
2: And we are back. It's Alex Aubrey and the uber-talented Mercedes Martinez, a.k.a. Mama Mercedes. I want to talk about that really quick. Because you had mentioned a couple minutes ago of how the universe works kind of in mysterious ways and puts you exactly where you want to be. Well, you're clearly where you're meant to be, but it always wasn't like that, right? You never intended to be a professional wrestler. Is that right?
1: That is correct. I never intended to be a professional wrestler. I always wanted to be a member of the police force. I really wanted to be like SWAT. Wow. That's really what I wanted to do in my career. That's really or a basketball player, whichever one came first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you started wrestling training in 2000 with uh, Jason Knight. Had your first match also in 2000. Talk about your first match.
1: That was very uh, sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: which which one of us wouldn't say that, right? Like <laughs> right, right, like, <laughs> right. It's like true. You,
1: Yeah, if you want to be uh, uh, real about it. Not that it was sloppy. It's just I wasn't genuinely ready to be considered a professional wrestler at that time. Uh, It came four weeks after I was training. Uh, It was in my hometown. Yeah, four weeks. Four weeks after training. um, I still couldn't really take a, a back bump correctly. I was still, I was hurting. My body was hurting. I was like, all right. I didn't have no wrestling boots. I didn't have no wrestling gear. There was no such thing as that. It was, all right, let me go to, you know walmart sports authority whatever it is and get some knee pads and some elbow pads and let's put them on and just buy a tank top and the pants there you go here's mercedes <laughs> how
2: did you get paired with wrestling a man right away
1: He actually was at the school that I was training with. um, So he was always in and out. I didn't actually train with him, but he was always there. And I think my trainer just trusted him enough to take care of me and uh, put me over, basically, in front of my hometown. And it wasn't like it was a 10-minute match or anything. It was like a quick 5 Minute match in front of my hometown, just kind of get my feet wet, see how I, you know, the crowd takes to me, um, you know, with someone who doesn't wear makeup, who's such a tomboy, who just didn't know anything about, you know, anything and just throw me in there in front of my family and friends that know me. And I think wow. that and it took off from there. And as the years went by or even the months went by, it was just kind of like, all right, let me try to find a character. But it was just like, here's Mercedes. Let's see what she can do. And there you are. <laughs> throw me to the wolves.
0: I think especially back in 2000, given where women's wrestling was on TV, like there was a bra and panties matches at a time. So Mm -hmm. you being there, you're really sort of making a statement for, no, women's wrestling is that, but it could be this. And it's kind of interesting to kind of see like where you started and kind of where women's wrestling is now is like, oh, no, that's that's exactly what it is. Like we have different characters, different backgrounds. We have tomboys. We have girls who do the full glam. We have all this kind of stuff. So pretty awesome. I like it. So you started in 2000 and then recently you posted on Twitter that you have been trained, you were, and still mentored by the wild Samoan Afa, who you call Pops. Yes. <laughs> Which I think is absolutely adorable. When did you first meet Afa?
1: Um, I met Afa back in 2002. At that time, they were in Connecticut at a at a show that they were doing. and It was the first time that I've ever really met him. He was doing a... Well, it was a women's tournament. I'm trying to think. I can't remember the name of it at the moment. It'll come back to me later. It was essentially a tryout for me. So I went in and there was names like Gail Kim there, Tracy Brooks was there. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, heavy hitters. I believe, I think Beth Phoenix and Natty worked for that company as well early in the career and I wrestled them as well. But it was me coming in. It was like, Hey, you know, we need another female. It's a couple of females. Uh, so let's see what you can do in the ring first. So Pops has this thing of before the show, you come in early and you essentially have to train he has to give you a tryout right then and there at the show to see if you can even be on the show. Wow. Yeah. It was really weird. And I was like, okay, let me go in there. And I wrestled. I think my training was with uh, Tracy Brooks at the time. And we did something and boom, we had a quick two minute type training match. And right then and there, he said, okay, you're on the show tonight. And I was like, okay. He said, like, but you're going to wrestle like three times. And I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> super in me, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs>
1: yeah. Super. You're going to wrestle three times. Mind you, I'm not getting paid for this.
0: <laughs> also very indie. True.
1: <laughs> very indie. Exactly. You're going to pay your dues. So you're going to do this trial. Okay. I got you on the show. and You're going to wrestle three times for our tournament. Okay. So here I am. I'm still two years in the business, still trying to make my name rise up. I said, all right, let, let me do this. Let me show pops what I can do. And that's really what I did I wrestled uh you know Gail Kim on that show I wrestled the Tracy Brooks you know that was where I met all of the Samoans that I could you know I think the whole family was there where I wrestled you know saw met Alpha Jr. Rikishi. I met them and I, I was like wow this is really like Nostalgia for me has a wrestler and, and has a fan like you see all these names that you see on TV and you're actually working with them but it was the first time that I've actually was able to see women's wrestling on a different level um, I was able to see women's wrestling in a tournament kind of style, in the tournament style where you can see different genres, different characters, everything was just so different. And I was like, wow, this is something that I want to do. I want to focus my career on trying to do women companies and bring women's wrestling on a different forefront as to what it is now. And Pops really was the first one to give me that opportunity. So when I say yes, he mentored me, it was because from that moment on, He was literally family throughout my whole career. And I didn't get to work for him again until two thousand and four. So after that tournament, it was almost like I'll call you back when we need you. I was like, okay. And I just went around and made my rounds and stuff. And I didn't really get back to him to two thousand and four. Really maybe two thousand and five is when we finally reconnected again. And I've been with him since ever since like I couldn't imagine my career without him.
2: Yeah, Pops is. Definitely a guy who will take you under his wing and help mold and guide you. And that's so awesome that you had such a great relationship with him. Such a great great person.
1: Yeah, it's and it's not even just a business aspect. It's really on a personal aspect. When people call him Pops, there's a reason for him to call him Pops because he really is there on a personal level. Anything that I went through in my career or anything that I went to in my personal life, he was one of the first that I would have to go to and just kind of vent out. And he would just really just guide you in the right way that he thinks that you should go. And Sometimes personal lives can interact with your business life and, and your professional life. And sometimes what people don't realize is that if you're stressed out at home, you bring that to your career. You bring that to professional life. And sometimes you can't check it. You can't really separate the two. And he was one that helped me separate the two, whatever was going on at home check that at the door when you're ready to do your business because you have to focus on one thing at a time. And, you know, he was just really there for me uh, throughout my career. He still is there for me just as much as I can be there for him. So there's a reason why people call him pops and I take that to, to heart. I really do.
0: I'm curious just because I know that I've had coaches as well that kind of like go from like training coaches and they sort of become like life coaches a little bit. Do you have like one super valuable lesson you learned from him or maybe multiple ones that you can share?
1: Pops was always one to tell me, be true to who, who you are. That's the biggest one that I've always kept. Be authentic, be true to who you are and make sure that whatever you do in the ring, uh, you do it basically what you want to do. Don't ever let anybody change you. Um, I think throughout my career, I've never really changed. I've never changed my character. If there was a character, I am who I am because I believe the best part of someone's character is really a form of themselves just turned up a lot it really is and I think he was the one who found that spark in me to say hey if you think about how rest women's wrestling was back in 2000 2005 2006 it was that whole diva era and I did not fit that mode at all and I was trying to figure out how do I get tryouts how do I get to that next level do I have to be like them to get a job and he was just like no He said, if that is not you, don't change for them. Let them change for you. And that's really what stuck to me is he always thought that I was a diamond in the rough. I was that one person that if I was given the chance that I can change women's wrestling. And maybe not on a grand scale, but I can change women's wrestling on a lower scale and people can see that. And then eventually everyone would catch on. He always told me you are one of a kind and just stick to who you are, even if it gets tough. Stick to your morals, stick to your pride, stick to who you are, because at the end of the day, people are going to follow that. People are going to say, hey, Mercedes did it. We can do it too. And it, you know, here I am 21 years later and I'm still the same. I haven't changed. I haven't glamorized myself to a certain extent. I haven't tailored to uh, the many forms of women wrestling. I really just stuck to my guns and stuck it out. And here I am now, fit in the mode now, 21 years later, which is, still beyond me that I'm still less than 21
2: years. (laughs) Well, it's amazing how when you go back and look at your career, kind of the evolution and how you've just been rising, 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 even when you weren't on those national platforms, but you were killing it on the indies. And if there was like an unofficial queen of the indies, that title will certainly go to you. So (laughs) you talked about having your first match, which is only a couple minutes long to having multiple matches for APA. And then you had this amazing... 60-minute, which actually went a little bit longer, Iron Women's Match right? right, with Angel Orsini, a person that you previously had tagged with. What was that like to go that distance and really kind of, I think, break boundaries and being able to be some of the only female competitors to ever do this?
1: Oh, man. You know what? I I give credit to Angel Orsini. and, And let's backtrack. For her, just a minute. Um, I think Angel Angelini. People don't give her credit. You know, if you look back at her career, she was part of ECW as part of Jet and Jason Knight brought her in to our training facility into the company that he was running at that time. And that's really how I met her. And it was almost like a mold, like, hey, this is you know someone who's done the things, who, who's really rugged, really gritty, and has her own way of doing things in the ring. This is how we need you to be because this is really who you are. You just have to find it. Same thing with Jazz. When Jazz Came in, jazz has been very instrumental in my career, just like Andrew Orsini. WSU, which is the company that we worked for, I think it was like 70, maybe 70 minutes, 71 minutes, probably. It was the first of its kind. If you look at our Women matches and women's wrestling, they go maybe 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's oh my god, that's crazy. Anybody could do a 30 minute match nowadays, but back then, 30 minutes was like, yes. Girls can do 30 minutes. Let's see if we can. Our goal was to surpass that. Our goal was to keep pushing the boundaries of women's wrestling. And there's no better person that I could have done it with than someone who I respected, who I trust in the ring than Angel or Sini. And our thing was, all right, we're going to go 60 minutes. Let's do this. It turned a little bit longer than that thing we expected. And we didn't expect to go any longer than 60 minutes, but we did. And I think it was still one of the first times that I've actually pushed myself to the boundaries i can push myself in lotter matches cage matches and anything like that but when you go 60 minutes to try to keep the crowd entertained to try to keep everyone entertained not just you know the crowd but even ourselves the cardio the endurance trying to figure out a match and and just it's the ups and downs of everything it's it's a lot it's a lot of pressure to make sure that this match was what people can consider one of the best in the indies and i done three since (laughs) then I think I've only been the only one who's done 60-plus matches in female wrestling history.
2: That's incredible.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely wild. We've talked a lot about you know how you've, you've been synonymous with women's wrestling on the indies for so long. But I know you did some time in Japan and the UK. Talk about your time there.
1: My time in Japan was uh, really fun. It was short, though. I, I never went to Japan uh, doing the whole three-month stints, four-month stints or anything like that. My first time in Japan, which took forever, was working for Stardom. And Stardom was in its infancy. It was before it became as big as it is now, synonymous with, you know, Japanese wrestling. It was really the first time they ever brought anybody from the U.S. over. Uh, So I was their first U.S. worker to go over there. And uh, they really treated me well. And it was wrestling at Keuriken Hall out of all places. So for me going to Japan, I'm working for a brand new company in a hall that's synonymous with like, Japanese wrestling. Like, I couldn't get any better with that. And then to be with a wrestling legend herself, Nene. You know, Nene was in her 15th anniversary and she chose me to wrestle. Oh my God. Yeah, to choose me out of all people. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, this is just a big deal. They really treated me like a superstar. And I'm going in there like being super humble. I'm like, I can go train with the girls. I can go be at the dojo. And they're putting me up in these crazy hotels and treating me like that. And I'm just like, nah, I just want to be like you guys. I really do. Like, I'm very humble. I'm not a superstar. I just want to learn the culture. I want to learn what you guys have. I want to see what you guys are doing. It's the first time I met Kenny Omega (laughs) as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's the first time I met him. and, And it was just like watching him wrestle and just... Anybody just how, it was like starstruck in a different way of being starstruck. It was starstruck not in the sense of fangirling anything. It was starstruck to be like, wow, this is where my career has taken me at this part of my journey. And it's one of my top five matches that I loved. I have only had five matches in my career that I really can say really uh, pushed me through my boundaries. And that was one of them. And then I went to Japan a second time as well, working with Cat Power for a smaller promotion. Um, I can't remember the name of, I believe it was Raina. I love Cat Power. Oh, Cat Power's great. I wish she, you know, can still be wrestling on a bigger scale. And, you know, life takes the best of you sometimes. And, you know, you do your life and then sometimes wrestling doesn't, can't be a part of it. Um, but I really do love Cat Power. And I think uh, her time in Japan and bringing me over there and really trusted me uh, was another highlight of my career. Just, you know, Japan is a whole different world. It really is. I would like to go back one day, but I think my favorite places will always be UK and Australia. You know, the UK Wrestling for Pro Wrestling Eve on its own is great. If you never worked for Pro Wrestling Eve or you've never seen Pro Wrestling Eve, you have to check it out because I love working for Dan Reed. I really, really do. Um, it is one of those companies that really is diverse for women's wrestling. It's really intense. It's really has anything and everything that you want in in a woman's company. It's got your characters. It's got your comedy. It's got your strong style. It's got your technical. And it's really inclusive. It's really diverse in its uh, roster. And in the fans, the fans love the roster. There there is no tolerance for hatred. There is no tolerance for bigotry. There's just no tolerance for any of that stuff there. And and we make sure of that because we want everyone to be included, everyone to be feel safe. And that is the biggest thing about pro wrestling Eve that I love working for. I can't wait to go back hopefully this year, sometime next year, you know, once everything clears. But man, just the travels, the places that you that I've gone to and wrestled for have been wild. I never stopped Myself as someone to travel and to wrestle for companies that really tailor to women's wrestling and to make sure that I can be a forefront for them is is amazing. It really, really is. And I'm blessed with the opportunities to do that. Wish I can do a lot more, but such is life, right?
0: Right. We're talking to Mercedes Martinez on AEW Unrestricted. Coming up, we got fan questions and then some other stuff, too, because I'm just absolutely sitting here and fascinated. So.
1: <laughs>
2: And we're back with Unrestricted. It's Alex Aubrey and the sensational Mercedes Martinez. We are just in awe hearing these amazing stories. and You know, you've just had such an amazing career. And what's so cool about it is that it's really just getting started. You know, so we're just so excited about, obviously you've had some amazing matches in the past, but we're excited about the amazing matches in the future. And I know we're going to get into fan questions, but I got to ask, One of my questions, because I really want to know, who are you looking forward to wrestling? Because you've wrestled so many people, but who's yet to come on your checklist?
1: Oh, man. You know what's crazy is that I don't know, to be honest. I look at the rosters, and I look at all the female wrestlers out there, and I just want to wrestle everyone. But if I had to pick one person that I I wish she could just come out, is Manomi Toyota. That'd be awesome. That would be like a clash of two different old schoolers getting into the ring and just bringing what we got through trials and tribulations that we've been through. And, you know, if you want to talk someone who's still wrestling, it would be Natty Neidhart. I, I've never gotten in the ring with her. We've been in locker rooms. We never actually ever wrestled. And I say it through every interview. I was like, as many female wrestlers as I want to work from, you know, someone who's six months into the business to someone who's 20 years in the business. Uh, that's the one that got away from me. That's the one that I've never had the chance to actually wrestle. Uh, I wrestled who's who in wrestling and she's just the one that I don't know. I don't know. No one wanted to book it. So what's going on? <laughs>
0: <laughs> never say never. All right. Again, before fan questions, I want to get to a fan question from Ref Aubrey on Twitter. For, for me, Shimmer is like synonymous with women's wrestling. And I first discovered you watching by watching Shimmer. And I know you've had a story and history there. You were champion twice for a cumulative couple hundred days. You were tag champions with cheerleader Melissa. Like, is there anything that stands out from your time at Shimmer?
1: Jeez, uh, I've been there since the beginning, since they first started. I think the biggest thing that stands out for me personally, and I've had matches like there's no tomorrow, I've I wrestled anybody and everybody that they brought out to me, um, is the change in the locker room. And, and I know it's, it's maybe not something that people think about, but for me, I look at how the roster grew. So from when Shimmer first started, it was probably a, a locker room of 15 people, maybe 18 at the most. If you're looking at that, whereas the last time I was there, it was a locker room of 50 people and, and international stars and, and just going from two shows a weekend to four shows a weekend, um, sometimes more just long days. I really look at how it's grown personally and how, and how I was instrumental in that growth. Um, Shimmer is the one place where when you go there, you really feel the love from the fans. It was one of the first places that they appreciated wrestling in all mm-hmm. its form, whether it was comedy matches, grudge matches, any type of a match you want to put at Shimmer. The fans really took to that, and it was one of the first places that you can see that in a diverse roster that it had i made lifelong friends there at shimmer that are still friends of mine now and you can see the who's who and many faces that have gone through shimmer and that's the most important thing for me was man this roster really brought a different sense and has been in the forefront of women's wrestling and this women's revolution that everyone talked about years past If it wasn't for Shimmer, I really don't believe they would have been a bigger women's wrestling scene as it is now. I believe Shimmer has been in the forefront because of the many faces that you have seen, And I've been there and I've helped and I age it and I, you know, help these girls. And, and, you know, I, I do my best to make sure that even though I'm at the top of my game there at Shimmer, I have to help these female wrestlers go up there and man. Personally, I really don't think that a lot of people's careers would have taken off if it wasn't for Shimmer because everyone was looking at Shimmer. Everyone was pulling talent from Shimmer because that is where you had to really scout because everyone wanted to be there and they still do. You know, It's it's just one of those companies that you feel appreciated. You know your worth. Dave Prazek makes you feel like you are top superstar. No matter where you are in your career, you are the top superstar to him and and that's really the best thing that you can ask for for any company is you want to feel your worth you want to feel like you have some creative freedom and at that time it was unheard of for women's wrestling and shimmer was on top of this game it really it really was and it still is whenever it decides to come back i i, I would always work for shimmer i don't care where i'm at in my career you want me back all right give me a two-minute match please though popcorn opener please <laughs> there you go
0: <laughs> just a quick note on shimmer i feel like that's if you're trying to make it in wrestling and you're a women's wrestler, like if you can make it to shimmer, it's like, you've done it. Yeah, It's kind of one of those like big checklist points. The one time I got to work shimmer, it was like, I offered to Dave, I was like, I'll work it for free. I really just want to work here. And he paid me very well. So, Shout out to Dave for giving women opportunities and then treating them well and just being an all around human being. Cause I know he, he, got into the indie wrestling hall of fame recently and he's, he's done a lot like him and Alice in danger. were just, they did so, so much for women's wrestling. So first actual fan question, even though we're fans, we're the fans from Twitter pro wrestling fan for life asks when you went into this, you wanted to do it for yourself. Was there someone or some influence before you who started in wrestling that led you to that choice?
1: what people realize don't realize is that wrestling found me. I didn't go seeking out wrestling. Like I said, I was never one to be a professional wrestler. I really wanted to be, you know, into SWAT and stuff, you know, wear a uniform, carry them, be a badass. It found me. And I think for me, Jason Knight actually brought in jazz and the Owing Jorcini, And those were the two females that I catered to. Those are the two females that I knew that they were being themselves. That they were breaking the mode in women's wrestling. And at that time, you don't think like that in your first year or two. You don't think you want to break modes, but I looked at them and I was like, they're being different. They're being themselves. They're changing the game one way or another. And that's what I wanted to be. And it was always jazz always said the same thing, just like pops. It was be true to who you are. You know, if, if this is something you want to do, you have to love this business and appreciate this business, but don't cater to the business. There's the difference. And I think. Angel Orsini and Jazz were the first two that I kind of was like, yeah, you know what, I'm going to do my wrestling this way because it's different. I'm not jacked up or anything, but I'm such a tomboy. I'm so just uh, gritty that that's the way they wrestle. And I wanted to bring that style to the mainstream, if I can, and, and, and change the way people view women's wrestling. And then Pops came in and helped mold me into that into that way. And, and that's really what it is. It's just being true to yourself and not cater to the business. Because eventually, the business will cater to you when it feels right.
2: Well, speaking of kind of catering, if you were to cater a specific match, J-Rock wants to know, what type of specialty match would you like to have that you haven't had? Ooh. And uh, who would it be against?
1: Oh, man, I've had so many matches Geez, I've had cage matches, ladder matches, TLC matches. I've had a bull row match. Gosh, I think I've had every match that you can think of. But if I had to have any match, I would think it would be a pure wrestling match. Oh, I don't think it's been done for women's wrestling. Huh. Um, and I think if it's going to be done, I am the best person to do it. And get me someone who's prolific and really just technically go in their wrestling to really bring that style of wrestling because you don't see that at all in women's wrestling and that would be I want to be that history maker to do that a pure wrestling match and you can take it from England too because England does rounds so I, I've done that too where I've done rounds bring that different style of women's wrestling and, and bring it to the forefront and let people see that we can go just give us the ball and let us go
2: that's awesome.
0: I, I immediately in my head, I'm, I'm just like, I want to see Mercedes and Serena tear it up for like an hour. Yes. And just like, that would be yes. so dope. Yes.
1: Imagine that, just a technical wrestling ability.
0: Mm-hmm. Someone text Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I got a booking idea, boss. Here we go. <laughs> we have a question from 21 Martinez, 21- we know you love AEW and all, but if you were to start your own promotion, who would be the top three guys and girls you would book?
1: Uh, not including myself, right? Uh- <laughs> Correct. Because
0: anyone who runs a promotion always books themselves. Of course.
1: <laughs> yeah, yo, no, I, don't, I definitely won't want to book myself at all if I ever ran a promotion. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I would I like to stay in the background as much as possible. Um, that's really hard because it's, You kind of look at women's wrestling and everyone has their niche to kind of be the forefront of women's wrestling, right? So if it was for me, I would definitely pick unknowns, to be honest. Mm. I will pick someone who's a rising star, but hasn't had her break. And I really don't know who that is. I could be anybody. I really would have to maybe train someone and have my own students and be like, this is what my company is going to be built on and bring them people that I have been in this business and, and really just Level up the game for for them. I believe when you run your own company, not to say that you know you can't bring in your top three that you want to have the company fall under, but I believe that a company is as best as the talent, and you have to groom your talent, and you have to bring the best out of your talent. And to do that, you have to put them against the best, right? So if I really wanted to bring in someone, first will be Serena Deeb. She will be my, one of my top choices. I think Serena is, is a phenomenal worker and doesn't get the credit that she deserves. I think she can be a champion in any company and I think she can level up any female. Mm-hmm. I do believe jazz is another one. Jazz is one that can bring a different level of intensity to women's wrestling and into this company that I want to build. Um, and then you have to, you know, think about who else can you bring? And I really do believe Miko Sadamura. you know you got to bring a different level of the game and and these are women who are veterans in this business but they all each had their own niche in wrestling where you know you got your technical your Japanese style it just everything rolled into one and that's what I would build my company on because they're the ones who are going to bring the best out of any up-and-comer female wrestlers now when it comes to the guys well that's kind of hard because I, I love a lot of the guys but I think my top male wrestler would be, uh, you know, I I wish they were still wrestling this. I love Bret Hart. If you come out of retirement, just wrestle one or two matches for my company. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Just just do what you gotta do, bro. (laughs) 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 Um, I'm a Bret Hart mark. I've always been a Bret Hart mark. You know, the technical wrestling, he was was in his own league and I really do love Bret Hart. And then, you know, if you want to talk about people now, if I ever had a tag division, FTR. I love watching that. are even as separate wrestlers, even if they weren't a tag team, like just I love watching them. Like, I i, I really do love seeing what they can deliver and, and just bringing old school, new school, and just keeping the crowd entertained and really in the palm of their hands. Not many people can do that nowadays. I don't even think I could do that. <laughs> just watching them, you know, I'm being honest here. Like, I'm learning from them at 21 years in the business. I'm still learning, and I watch them and I learn, and I'm just like, man. If if I had a tag team division, they would be. If not, then they would be my two separate ones. Like there's not many out there. I believe now is the time where we have to teach the younger generation to work. And I think them two by themselves are together. That's my roster. That's it.
0: (laughs) That's pretty fascinating. Incredible list of people. Yeah. Like immediate. Excellent. I'd buy the pay-per-views. I'd, I'd buy the pay-per-view in a heartbeat. No questions asked. I don't even have to tell me what matches are book. Well, Mercedes, I want to thank you for being here today. This was absolutely incredible. I love chatting with you. I love working with you. I, I learned so much. Anytime I even see you like talking to someone else, I'm kind of like listening in and I'm like, oh man, she's just so smart and has so much knowledge. Yeah. You're just such a caring person. Like, I love you so much and I'm so happy you're finally here. Like, ah, yes, yes, selfishly, I'm like, this is awesome. I appreciate it. Uh, you can follow her on Instagram and Twitter at Real M Martinez. You can follow and listen to this podcast, new episodes every Thursday, video episodes on Mondays. You can watch Elevation on Mondays on YouTube, Dark on YouTube on Tuesdays. You can watch Dynamite on TBS on Wednesdays. You can watch Rampage on TNT on Friday. We're taking over. Mm-hmm. Just like women's wrestling. We're all over the place, man.
1: That's We're it. Just killing it.
0: <laughs> I'm Aubrey Edwards, along with my co-host Alex Aberhentes and Mercedes Martinez. Thank you so much for listening to AEW Unrestricted.
1: Come on, throw your hands up. Let me see you unrestricted. Pump and make them bounce now Blousin' like they bouncin' and the freaks are coming out